Freaks, Kinks, and Geeks is brought to you by two kinky poly babes on a mission to make sure you can be well-informed before diving into all things kink, dating, sex, and non-monogamy. We want to make sure this content can stay free and available for everyone who needs it. And with a little help from our listeners, we can do exactly that. Consider joining our Patreon for a monthly subscription where you can have access to our behind-the-scenes content, or you can make a small donation to our Ko-fi, where you can donate as little as $2 to make a huge difference. We greatly appreciate it. Sorry. Sorry. What's that? Just looked interesting. Okay. Did it tip while I was walking over here? Mm-mm. Well, okay, I'm lying. I wasn't looking at it. I don't know. <laughs> <gasps> wow! The lies! The deceit! The destruction. Trust no one. Is that thunder? Oh, I'm happy. It's not supposed to rain. Oh, that's not as good. <coughs> that looks good. I don't believe you anymore. You have broken my trust. First of all, I cannot trust rude. You this is why you're not invited to my gangbang. Excuse me. <laughs> For all the gangbangs that I host, obviously. Just weekly gangbangs over here. Just April loves gangbangs. When they're like gang, 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 gang. That's and bang, 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 bang. <laughs> all right, this feels good. Good? Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad I printed all that. <laughs> you used it so well. <laughs> so... <laughs> I just had so much, <laughs> so much extra time and paper. Well, it looks like I got no paper for, for work. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, no. Got my highlighter. Got my highlighter. <sighs> you took mine. That's why I had to get this stupid paper. one. <laughs> Where we're at right now. All right, let me just... Let me just check off the things that I was meaning to check. Yeah, the stuff, the stuff and the things. Okay, I'll check off some stuff too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. So bratty when I'm tired. <laughs> so true. Do you say Lord have mercy? I have said Lord have mercy. But you said it with like an extra me. like twang. I don't know. Maybe. We want to play it back? I can't know if that's thunder or traffic. Might be traffic. I think it's traffic. Okay. Hey everybody, welcome back to Freaks, Kings, and Geeks. Oh my. Oh my. Oh. Stop stepping on me. No. <laughs> you guys like my shirt? <laughs> it looks great. It's, it's corgis. You sure There's a corgi it? anime? Um, mm-hmm. yeah. This show, if you ever look it up, Cowboy Bebop, it's exclusively about this corgi dog. Are there humans in it? No. <laughs> What's it actually about? It's about bounty hunters. <laughs> okay. The the corgi's like a science experiment and is so smart. And he joins the rag team of bounty hunters that are catching bounties through space, living in Oh, they're sexy spatial poverty. Spatial bounty hunters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> space cadets. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
it sounds like, super interesting. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's there's no way I'm going to describe an anime to you that makes you be like, oh my god, I really should take a look at that. <laughs> nope. So I wasn't really uh, trying. Giving it your all. This is like considered um, one of the greatest anime of all time. Really? Yes. Interesting. I say that with all seriousness. A lot of people have seen it. A lot of these younger kids, they might be skipping on and that's their loss. But it's cowboy bee masterpiece. Bebop. Yep. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Huh? It's an award-winning soundtrack. An award-winning soundtrack? Yeah. Interesting. It's really good. Interesting. It looks so good as well. Voice acting is top tier. Well, so I appreciate good. your shout out to the geeks then on our. <laughs> yeah. Geeks and geeks. Yeah, I definitely wasn't just getting normal dress this morning. <laughs> You're like, I got this. <laughs> well, I wish her was clean. Um, this is uh, one of my oh, sorry, running tops. Oh, your running top, yeah. Oh, that is both my boobs. Yeah, I was just like, you were pointing. It's fair. And I was being a good student. Yeah, boobs! Like, those are called titties. <laughs> titties! <laughs> hey, what were we talking about today? So, today, not talking about titties. You know what titties have in common with this episode? No. They're both. Require two parties that can't live without the other. <laughs> okay. In in theory, but absolutely can live without each other. And but it both just of feels them actually hard. can. Yeah. And they don't want to be separated. So anyway, we're talking about codependency this episode. <laughs> talking about codependency. Codependency. Jesus fucking codependency. I don't even know. I don't even know what word I just said. It's fine. Mind your business. <laughs> Uh, it's great. Just because look, stare mine... titties. There you go. Stare titties. Is that traffic? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just a truck that has some roll As long as the freaking power doesn't go out. Hey, we got hey. battery life on this. No, I mean on the lights. Well, we're just doing it in the dark. No lights. <laughs> we have the, the lights from the Kias for inspections on the power didn't use. Um, I, so we are talking about codependency yes we are which is do you know why we're talking about codependency is because uh, me myself CJ as I was healing and growing from a 10 year relationship and I got out of it and I was like hey it's time to look in it's time to look at me how do I go about relationships how do I do things how am I and I was listening to a podcast um, Glenn and Doyle's we can do hard things and she had somebody who was talking about their divorce, which, by the way, it was very scarily similar to my divorce. And then how they talked about, here's the book where they started. They started with Codependent No More. And then I started on this thing. I literally, like, I was bringing in April for a board meeting. I was like, listen, I'm listening to this book now called Codependent No More, and I may or may not be codependent. So I just need you to know that I'm working on that and myself now. I want you to keep me accountable, but only if you also listen to the book. <laughs> and then we did that. And then I was like, let's do an episode on codependency. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, but also I have to finish the book. So let's, <laughs> so let's wait. <laughs> so let's wait. Um, so I finished the codependency book a while ago. And I healed all my, I healed. And you're done. And I'm done. Like, <laughs> and I have no problem. And I display no hints of codependency at all. Period. <laughs> so that's where this started. And I wanted to share with you guys my findings on this healing journey of codependent no moreness. Well, and this is, you know, codependency is prolific. It is. It is. I think they said on average 80% of people in the world have codependency or codependent issues. Yeah. 
if not a little higher. That feels that feels accurate. I don't remember exact numbers like that. It's that it's it, that's a it's a really a really high number of mm-hmm. people who operate within codependency. Yeah, yeah, and I think that uh, based on how we structure, like you know making sure everybody only knows about monogamy for relationships. It kind of like builds this box of, or these confines of like, yeah, this is basically, if you're operating in this then you're, you know, you're doing the right thing. But sometimes those things might be codependent behaviors, which are negative. So we should probably first define for everyone. What is codependency? What? Okay. So, uh, guys, I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to use my teacher voice because I would really, really, really like to read the definition. Go ahead. Obviously everybody here is super supportive of it. You know, uh, listen, codependency, it refers to a mental, emotional, physical, and or spiritual reliance on a partner, friend, or family member. Okay. Now I want to start with this definition because I think that it can be easily romanticized. It's like, you know, yeah, but of course I rely on my partner for everything. We are soulmates, twin flames, and we must be like this. With or family is everything, which is the other one we hear Ooh, a lot. Yeah. Family is everything. Be... You have to do everything for every, yeah, yeah. Another good point is that codependent relationships don't have to just be romantic. Nope. They can also be familial and platonic. Mm-hmm. I will say it's even trickier when it is a familial or platonic friend situation because it's not even on the radar. Like even in the book I was reading, it was like a lot of examples of like relationships, romantic relationships that were like, you know, but, um, and I think it like has hurt my ability to heal from a codependent friendship because I never even looked at it that way. So I'm just mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. carrying all my unresolved trauma from that and being like, but a we're just friends, <laughs> you yeah. know, as if I didn't talk to that person, like, every single day. I was, like, on the same emotional wavelength as them. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, another definition that I really liked was a circular relationship in which one person needs the other person, who in turn needs to be needed. And so a lot of times when you're reading articles about this, they do divide the two into a, one person who is the giver and one person who is the taker. Um, but I also do believe that depending on how inter... I think that that need can also be interchangeable, though, and it can rely on each other, like, for needs. I don't know if it's, like... I think a person can be a caregiver more of the time, mm-hmm. but I think they're also getting from oh, the taker. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, Is yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. So, also, another one. Another little tidbit of information is that some people who are codependent are also known as relationship addicts. So, it's also describing a nature of a person who needs and requires being in a relationship. So, a lot of the times when you hear people going through breakups and they're just like, how did you move on so quickly? I really thought you loved me. It's like, well, that person's probably processing by jumping into another relationship because they're addicted to that dynamic and don't know how to operate outside of it. You see a lot of fears of abandonment come up with codependence. Yeah. uh, That's a lot of the data points to low self esteem and low self-worth as yeah. a like driving factor in uh, getting into codependent relationships and me personally my major codependency was within family systems yeah for sure for sure did your families ever like did your family ever like isolate you from like other people like try to make you feel not like isolate but try to make you feel like you're so different from the outside world oh yeah that was definitely part of life. the codependency for us it's like well no one's like us yeah. So we can't trust anybody? Mine was a little different in the fact that, like, I was made to be the golden child mm-hmm. and, like, the one that was every, everyone depended on. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So. That's such an easy task to put on a child, actually. Yeah, do it was it all totally great. And they can handle it. Or you seven. That's perfect. Yeah. No, it started very, <laughs> very, very young. Yeah. I mean, very young. Yeah. Um, and it also, like, lends towards not even knowing your boundaries. Uh, like, it, you, mm-hmm. you might be in a codependent relationship if you are scared to lay a boundary. Like, I need personal time. I need yeah. time to myself. You know, like, sometimes we think, oh, well, that would just be, if I do that, then I'm a bad 
partner or I'm a bad friend or I'm a bad mom, you know, but that, no, having a boundary should be healthy and allowed in all your relationships. So that's actually an indicator that you might be in a codependent situation. Yeah. Like, I think also like fearing bringing up things might be, I don't know. Let me not, let me just refer to the notes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Apparently the term was originally coined in the 1950s in the context of Alcoholics Anonymous Mm -hmm. uh, to support partners of individuals who abuse substances and who were entwined in the toxic lives of those they cared for. That's also really how the book is written. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much from my understanding when I was listening to the book, um, there is such a strong correlation between people who are involved with people who, or people who are alcoholics or um, just substance abuse Mm -hmm. and the people who are with them. Yeah. That one, that one was a really strong one. It was even like people who either were currently having a substance abuse issue or had previously had a substance abuse issue with that, which I thought was interesting Mm -hmm. because in addition to one of my, uh, my oldest brother having substance abuse issues, which was with alcohol, uh, my mother was a recovered alcoholic. So it was like, you know, it it was almost like a normal language to be in a codependent, like speaking about it. Like, oh yes, of course you drop everything, give everything to your family. My grandfather was a raging alcoholic, abusive alcoholic. My dad was the middle caregiver, peacekeeper child. So that's all he's ever known. Awesome. And then the rest of his family, a lot of them do have abusive, like alcohol abuse or drug abuse within the, like it's a prolific issue within our family. Yeah. And uh, one thing that can happen if you're in that sort of experience for too long is that you approach every situation, interaction with people in your lives through that filter. Um, So for example, what it looks like for me, um, when I was seeing someone new, I was like, hey, it's been, you've been really quiet for like eight hours and now I'm nervous that we're fighting or mad at each other. Is that true? And it's not, but in my situation growing up in a codependent family, that was very like, now you match this energy of also not giving. So it wasn't like, oh, well, let me just... This isn't about me. I'm just going to still send memes. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, they're being quiet. I have to be quiet, you know? Yeah. So. For me, it was a lot of, you always have to be working. Oof. How did, oof. For the family's benefit? Like, how did they make that, like... Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I grew up uh, remodeling homes from the age of, since I could walk. I don't know so if this is the right summers. way of, like, asking it, but, like, what, how did that become your problem? Does that make sense how I'm asking? Like, um, what was the driving force? Well, so my parents definitely weren't rich by any means. They mm-hmm. definitely were fairly poor for a while. Okay. So I was a person that like did our family accounting. I did our tax returns in middle school. Mm-hmm. I would do all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it definitely, to know how much money your family does or does not have is kind of a mental mind fuck. Especially yeah, for as a sure. kid. It also, like, really puts you in a position of feeling like your behavior is integral to, like, the success and well-being of the family. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like... Well, and imagine, like, as a kid sitting there for Christmas knowing that, like, your family's giving you presents they really can't afford. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of, like, me having to listen to, like, my stepdad complain about how we didn't have money all the time, and then my mother overspending in holidays, and that, it being really, like, you know... That was my dynamic, too. My mom would be like, well, what do you want for Christmas? And I'm like, I want nothing, but she'd spend the money anyway, so it's yep. like, am I asking for something I want? Well, it, it was really a no-win, no-win yeah. situation. Oh, my dad would go on and on about how much money my mom would spend and how much credit card debt they had and how much it was costing them every month to have all this credit card. Yeah, it was... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love that. Love it so much. Yep. It almost feels like there's this idea of, like, if you do enough, you can fix this thing, which actually is not your problem to fix. Right. Like, because when I'm trying to separate between, like, you have a responsibility to show up in relationships, yes. yes. But, like, 
in a way of like, okay, so now I'm going to change how I act to solve another person's problems that you weren't part of making. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like the whole like, oh, well, you know, like if I'm with a partner who's watching their finances, I shouldn't feel bad about me still buying dinner for myself. Yeah. But this whole like, oh, well, you know, now I have to sacrifice of myself and make sure I'm not eating out too much, which will build resentment in me. Like that's yeah. something I'm very upfront about is like if I'm seeing someone, I, I mean, it came up again recently, of course, where I'm like, hey, I just want you to know I work a lot of hours so I can buy myself food whenever I fucking want. Yeah. So I never want to be in a position where you're like, oh, well, we should watch our, no, I'm watching everything else. Yeah. But I'm going to buy myself a burger. I want to eat whatever. Yeah. That's kind of my thing. That's fair. Um, what are some other, like, what are the most common signs of codependency? Um, one thing for me was this idea of like, I sacrifice fully for you. So you should know how to sacrifice fully for me. Like I pay a special attention to your needs. Mm -hmm. And so you should also pay that special attention to my needs. And in my marriage, that was super prevalent because like, I felt that I knew like my husband, like a book. Like I was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, your details, you are data. And I know all the data and I know exactly how to make you have a happy life Mm -hmm. is how it was in my head. And so in my mind, there was no responsibility for me to need to communicate because I'm like, well, what's okay. Look at the data. Look at the data that you have on me. What is that saying? You know, Uh, which I felt was super unhealthy. And that's actually the, that was the brunt of the work I came out of, of being like, let me be responsible for myself and my own shit. Let me be able to communicate what that is because not everyone is the same and everyone has different needs. Need to know my needs. Need to know how to communicate my needs. And what's interesting is like these, out of the top three, these first two were the ones that I, without knowing the term codependency at the time when Jay and I opened up our marriage, Mm -hmm. these are the two things I always pointed to as to why I was so intent on him being in therapy and us moving our marriage into a different space. Mm -hmm. So the, um, well, the first one requiring someone else to make decisions for them, small or large, not so much our issue. I definitely am the planner regardless, Mm -hmm. but fear of abandonment, huge, huge, huge. In that way you're performing as a way of, you're performing out of fear of losing the partner. Yeah. And the partner is performing out of reacting to that fear. Yeah. It's, and this is where it becomes tricky again. It's like, you know, I do believe a healthy, like, I think there is a healthy amount of like, okay, I don't want to treat you shitty because then right. you'll leave, you know, like that kind of thing. But not this idea of like, if I don't memorize every detail about April, she's going to run, run Or I'm just going to sacrifice who I am and my autonomy to keep you here. Okay, I'm going to sacrifice yeah. my happiness to keep you here. Mm-hmm. I am, even if I don't want to be here, I'm going to stay here because I'm afraid to be alone. Yeah. I'm afraid you'll leave. And that is not the space I want to be in. Yeah, I also a lot don't of molding, be in a lot of molding like and parroting to stay in the relationship instead of having a backbone. And yeah, come on, guys, don't you want to be in a relationship so you're just compatible? Right. Not that's, because you're like you know all the details on how to be compatible. That stuff freaks me out. And then being completely helpless if someone were to leave them. So society-wise, we've structured so many people to do this. Like, especially women. We have structured women to be helpless if they don't have a man around. Yeah. Like, that's changing, but for hundreds of years, women were beholden to men. Yeah, I mean, I think a good example of that is when I got divorced, I didn't have any tools. Right. You know, this idea of, like, well, I don't need tools. I need a man. And previous, I mean, you know, up until the 1950s, 60s, 70s, women didn't really hold jobs. Yeah. You were completely beholden to your partner and forced codependency. Yeah, which almost, like, becomes an exchange of, like, I want to behave a certain way so that I can still be secure. Yep. 
Because they had no means or income. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do when you have no money? Yeah. And really no way of getting an equal job. Yeah, exactly. And also since, you know, women are paid less, you know, or mm-hmm. at the time when women first started working, the only jobs they could get were like secretary, you know, yep. things Typing. like that. Yep. So you weren't making a lot of money, you know. Yep. So Sewing. Et cetera. Uh, rapid fire, going to go over these. Um, one of them is expecting a partner to provide for all your needs or persistently prioritizing another person's needs over your own. And I really wanted to say this phrase, which was a sense of forgetting where you end and where your partner begins. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be, we have talked about the glom yep. before, and that's a very clear like indicator of that glom, which, you know, glom can sometimes be synonymous with codependency. Yep. And actually we did reference in the glom episode that we were going to later do an episode on codependency and look where we are now. Here we are. So, uh, another one, um, and just one more time, is just like knowing what you're responsible for, where your partner ends and where you begin. That is knowing what you're responsible for, knowing what your partner is responsible mm-hmm. for. Um, and by that, I mean, you know, you should know how to take it. I think everyone should be entering into a relationship knowing how to like feed themselves, keep a clean home and, you know, mm-hmm. manage their own finances. That for me is like, yeah. or, or have your own, especially the most overlooked, have your own support system for your emotional needs. Yes. That's, that's sort of like, here's what it means to be an adult. Bring that to the table when you're in a relationship. Don't expect someone yeah. to supplement that. That's where you end, where you begin. Yep. That way, if those needs are met when you're entering into a relationship, you can kind of come from, from like, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. I want to be here. Things like that. Um, so be this idea of being completely helpless. If someone were to leave them, um, you're not, even if you think you are, uh, fear of being abandoned, feeling passive. Uh, for me, just the being passive is more of like, okay, I have a problem with it, but I'm just going to eat it. Keep going. You know, I'm just going to be like, that's okay. I feel very disrespected here, but fine. Mm-hmm. Needing constant reassurance. Uh, this has actually come up again for me as I've tried dating again, where I'm like, hey, I just express a boundary. Am I a bad person? Am I a bad partner? Do you not want to be here? I just want to, real quick. Hey, we don't got to, we don't got to dwell. I just want to know. Do you want to go? There's a door. Um, dependency manifesting as a mismanagement of funds or personal matters. Okay. This one gets me mad. This is where one partner is like purposefully bad at something so that the other partner steps in on it. And, and let me tell you something. I was absolutely guilty of this. I did that with finances where I was like, I just don't know. You know, I did Mm -hmm. know. I actually, you have to learn, you know? Yeah. Um, so another one is people pleasing. That feels, that felt obvious for me. I don't know if that was obvious to everyone else. Um, giving with conditions, like giving advice, but expecting that advice to be followed, that advice not being followed, then turning you into a person who's like, then I won't give advice. Yeah. As opposed to understanding the situation of giving advice is sometimes people won't listen. <laughs> you know, that's not your, uh, not your monkey, not your circus. Okay. One thing is specifically for the caregiver, thinking you know what's best and needing to be in control. That was also me. I'm guilty of a lot of this, guys. This is literally CJ on trial. Okay. <laughs> I'm over here. Like, guilty. This, is, this is the episode that I would want to send my ex. Is like, listen, I would, I'm sorry. I get, <laughs> like, I get, I get it, it now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, not only needing to be controlled, but also violating boundaries as uh, you think you're doing a greater good. Like, mm-hmm. I'm looking at this phone not because I'm breaking I'm your trust and privacy, but because I need that information for saving our relationship. Yeah, that's a big one. Uh, also, for the caregiver, feeling responsible for the other people in your relationships. You're, like, there's a lot of like, oh, I can never rest because I have to take care of everybody, blah, blah, blah. And then as a caregiver, feeling compelled to fix another problem or give guidance even when you weren't asked. That one is so hard for me. I, I, I do umbrella that under my overfunctioning where it's just like, you could just... Just do the... Just, yeah it's hard i sometimes uh, and it's also hard because then like i 
people I'm around are like, you look like you want to say something. And I'm like, please, nope. please respect that I'm a recovering codependent and I need you to yes, observe this, but not press me because I am one little, you're the needle and I'm the balloon and I will just let it all out. <laughs> so if you ask me one more time, you only need to ask me one more time and I'll die. Okay. Next thing I want to get into, if you don't have any questions, <laughs> um, is uh, one thing that I see a lot and I think we reference this a lot and we reference it again in the glam episode or first in the glam episode, which is this idea that like a lot of codependent behaviors can be romanticized in our society. Yeah. You know, to become one, you, your half makes their half. You're everything. You're I my need. everything. You're all I my need. partner's all I want. My family's everything. Family before all family first. family first blood's thicker than water, which is not the right yeah. quote um all of that shit oh yeah all of like and i it i can sit here and say as someone with a partner currently of 10 years he is not my everything and he fucking knows it it's because i'm her everything exactly (laughs) kidding uh i mean definitely knowing that your partner is not your everything allowed for like open spots to be enriched by other people yeah so you know that could be you okay um we already did the uh you're the one i need which also plays out as an unspoken demand for you to know all that person's needs and be there for everything that's a lot of pressure so much fucking pressure i mean so much fucking pressure i feel like i i know you very well and if you were like today you decide everything i need i'd be like oh my god what (laughs) what hold on wait what (laughs) you call marilyn you're like "Mm -hmm." i don't know i I got marilyn on one hand phone and then jay on another i'm like help me Oh, I got Finn, Finn on a third. <laughs> Finn, Finn and I have walkie-talkies, yeah. actually. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> uh, I'm going to need you here ASAP. Over. <laughs> um, another is like, you know, I need you to be happy because my life means nothing without you. That's such a romantic... Like, I feel like I see that in movies and shit all the time, yeah. and I fucking hate that. There was a Japanese song that it was like, if it's not you, there's no meaning. And I was like, I, and as a kid, I was like, you're right. What is love if it can't be with you? Yikes. Yeah, I, I mean, I would like it would be devastating if I lost you or Jay, mm-hmm. but I'm not gonna die. It's, yeah, I don't think that a logical understanding of how these things plays out means that you're not in love with that person. You know, like I can, I can feel the same exact thing that a person feels when they say you're everything I need because you're just trying to express a feeling that we all do have and express yeah. when we're in, you know, quality relationships that mean a lot to us, you know? Uh, yeah, I could feel like, and there are times where I'll still be like, I couldn't have done it without you. And then like, you'll remind me like, well, you could have, but yeah. you know, thank you, you know? And that's, that's the truth of it. It's like, in a way I'm trying to express like, oh, I'm just really grateful for how you came through for yeah. me. But in a way it's also like, yeah, like but I, let's not use I know what she's language. saying, and but I do like to remind people that they are independent and inner, like she, I know what she's trying to say, but I always want to remind her that she can do it by herself. Well, which I appreciate because I'm a recovering codependent. Right. <laughs> you know? So you being like, oh yeah, of course, I will always be here for you. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a little bit, yeah. <laughs> well, and you can sit here and see even between us, I even just said to her, I will not die without you. But she knows because she is independent, she has her own personal autonomous that that's not a bad thing. Like, yeah. I'm not saying that out of spite. That I'm saying that out of, I also want the same for her. Yeah, and it's actually a little bit more of a relief, like, as I'm operating now, to know that a person can, like, exist without me. Yeah. That feels great. Yeah. I mean, and this is not even just me necessarily on choosing this situation. Mm-hmm. It could be also me dying. Like, yeah. yeah. A lot of times we don't get a choice in it. 
Yeah, that's true. I mean, in your best case scenario where you are fully like into all this stuff and both you and the partner like and you actually have some sort of healthy expression of this sort of a relationship, you once that one party dies, it could be an accident, mm-hmm. you know, it could be a whole age. I I listen, I, I'm so great on dates because I'm always like, you know, you know this relationship ends one way or the other. Best case scenario, one of us dies. You know, yeah, <laughs> like that I mean, is literally your best case scenario. I mean, what's the best case scenario? We both just take our last breath at the same yeah, time. Yeah, to get. <laughs> we never live to just die each other. Swear, just <laughs> on each other. I'll just pretend to be dead if you die first. I'll be like, <laughs> yeah, she. No, I'm dead too. Bury me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, another one that I see is like uh, negative expressions in relationships seen as like positive signs for relationship. And what I mean by that is things um, like possessiveness and jealousy. Like, uh, if I they mean, cheated on me, I'd kill them. Yes. Yeah. And I'll kill the person you cheated with. Yeah. You know what? The one I don't like is like whenever a person cheats, they're like, and I'll kill that other person. It's yeah, like, but that's probably the best I hate that. You know? Or like being like fiercely jealous and like, sorry, I punched that wall just because I saw you talking mm-hmm. to that waiter. And it's like. You'd be real upset around me. <laughs> I do talk to waiters. Yes, I do. I like Especially to order. Especially when I want food. <laughs> I'm not like. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm like so hungry, but I'm like, but may the leader of the table please say my order. <laughs> speak if my order, please, Speak if my order, please. You should know it. <laughs> um, let's see. Needs not being met becoming a story of why they aren't being met. This is like yeah. specifically my experience where I would be like, you know, yeah, no, I'm just not happy because, you know, my partner doesn't see me. I understand. I hate that verbiage. Like, not even just when you've used it. I hate the whole, like, I just want to be seen. You didn't see me. I just want to be understood. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah, describe it. What does that mean? I think that anything that you ask in a relationship, you you should be able to give an actionable step on. Right. And don't expect things that people aren't, if you aren't declaring something, don't expect it to happen. Right. If everyone's like, CJ, you don't see me, I'll be like, am I doing it? Am Am I seeing you now? Like it's yeah that that whole like yeah I, I hate that verbiage yeah. I really do it sucked because it wasn't even serving me because the verbiage was just sustaining the codependent yeah. nature of like no I'm collecting data on you now you collect data on me and make decisions that make me happy except they're not going to because but there's also a chance that you might get it disastrously wrong yeah. and if you do get it wrong I'm gonna take it personally and that this sucks. can also happen so this can also happen I see this so much in workplace. I see this so much in friendships. I see, like, this is definitely not even just, this can happen day to day. Mm-hmm. We're like, well, why didn't they do this one thing at work? Well, did you ask them? Well, no. you should know. Okay, well, then what do you want? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a codependent type of interaction. You don't, don't, not necessarily in a codependent relationship with that person, but that is a codependent interaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not a mind reader. Yeah. You want to say it? Say it with your chest. Especially we're not talking about like life ending situations here. Right. You know, like I'm not trying to say like, oh, well, I asked the doctor to heal me and he said, well, you didn't say specifically how, so I didn't. Like, look, we're not talking about that and you know it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, another one would be mistaking NRE, uh, as that person meeting the unspoken needs because NRE feels good. Yeah, NRE is that drug. You know, like it, it would, was my fear when my marriage was ending that it was like, oh, well, you know, CJ just doesn't get me because this person gets me. Mm-hmm. This person is everything I need. When it's like, of course you feel that way. We're in a rocky patch. We've been together 10 years and it's not going to feel like that, you know? And well, I just lost my little brother. Even if you're not in a rocky patch. Yeah. Like NRE is a drug. Yeah. It's, it, it's like getting a hit of crack. Of course it's going to feel better yeah like no shit yeah so it's just all good feelings it's not necessarily resolving issues that you have yeah and also that issue 
of that person in that hypothetical, you know, maybe the issue really was me and how I was behaving. So yes, removing the problem there was improving the situation. So it's just like have a zoomed out point of view in that yeah. in that type of situation is all I'm trying to And I to would say. say like, you know, things to be on the lookout for. And I want to say these specifically because these are the most common things that I see, especially mm-hmm. within family systems. So okay. any families that are requiring you to come in and save them, fix them, give them money, manage their affairs constantly, you're the whipping post, you're running their errands all the time. I don't care if your family has disabilities or otherwise, you are codependent. Yeah. Said what I said. You hate me for it. I don't fucking care. Yeah. Um, here's a prime example. If you go watch the movie Coda. Okay. Which is on um, Apple TV. Coda is a movie about a deaf-based family. So it's a mom, a dad, and a brother that are all deaf, and they have one hearing daughter. And they were definitely in a codependent relationship because she had to interpret for them. They were fishers. So the Coast Guard didn't know sign language. They couldn't hear the walkie-talkies. Everything's on radio. They were deaf. So at one point, she said to them, like, what, what did you do before I was born? Because they were basically guilting her into staying and not going to the college she wanted to go to to be successful because they were terrified to lose her because they were, that was their interpreter. Yeah. That was their lifeline. And she said to them, what did you do before I was born? Mm-hmm. Or she might not have said it, but it was definitely said, the brother yeah. might have said it, one of them said it, like, what did you do before I was born? Because mm-hmm. you existed without me. Yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of it. And it's like, there's more resources than just like one avenue. Like, you yeah. know, not everybody was having that one daughter interpret for them. So obviously there's access to other interpreters. There's other avenues you and they're uncomfortable. Avenues. But if you are running to the aid of someone at your own self-detriment, yeah, that is codependent all day or day yeah like i think if you want to say like well i want to help my family that's fine but is that at your detriment for what you can do like, why do you want to help wasn't going to college you know your your parents had they were fully independent before they had you they will be fully dependent after you like independent after you. Af- independent after you mm-hmm. and if they can't then that's on them and they need to get their own thing yeah sorry this is also a personal rant i just see it yeah. so much in friendships and relationships right now where such unhealthy toxic family systems i know and it's the guilt piece mostly of like if you're in this situation you're like well what am i gonna do this family member could die without me it's like i look i've told both my parents and my partner's parents because they have not properly set up for retirement and when they get older and need work me and him are not paying for your shit we are not paying for your nursing homes we're not paying for we're not paying for it because it's your lack of planning. Yeah. It sounds mean, but what were they going to do if I wasn't born? True. If they had no kids, what was what was their plan? Yeah, have kids. What are you gonna, yeah, no. Kids <laughs> yeah. are not your backup plan. A lot of our parents' generations were having kids as insurance plans. Yeah. Insurance policies. I'm not okay like with that. that. Yeah. I'm not okay with it either. So, I don't know. I'm big on, like, would that person survive without you there? Probably. You ever, let, let, life finds a way. Yeah. <laughs> like, just saying it like that. You can be there for an ear, but you shouldn't be rushing to save someone every five fucking seconds. Save yourself. Save yourself. Just save yourself. Anyways, tangent done. (laughs) 
one thing I uh, wanted to add in is like, okay, so this is all good and well to do information for people in relationships of any kind. So how do we see this show up in polyamory? Hey, I don't know if you guys remember this, but it's actually also a non-monogamy podcast. <laughs> Not just me hating parents. <laughs> um, which, right. Which is, I want to say like, I'm open to there not being situations where this isn't codependent but so this is kind of my opinion that's my little you know tw uh but um i would say that uh opp is a sign of codependency one penis policy this is very like you know one action and mm-hmm. a person must you know protect another by acting in a certain way like that's that action exchange you know that we were talking about earlier in the episode so i would say that that's kind of a codependency issue I would well, one say person's that is giving up issue. to save the other. One person's hey, over functioning. Hey, they wanted to. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, closed triads also, I think, are an extension of codependency at times, yeah. where it's like you're inviting this person in and you're locking them in, and like they can't like have their autonomy anymore. It's like no, now you're in this, and we all just date each other, and blah blah blah. You know, like that, like cutting off of privileges is yeah. hard for me. Autonomy is huge. Autonomy is huge. Unicorn hunters, you know, of course, because you can't date separately because you're, you're well, actually, we're just looking for that one special female who wants to date us both. Ah. Why? Hate it. You know. And I would also say instances where you're creating too many rules and boundaries. Also, yeah. you're trying to control a person because you don't trust them or you just need it. You need certain things to happen a certain way. It's like, that's an, once again, another person's actions having to be in a, a certain way for you to feel safe or protected or whatever. Yeah. Um, and taking away their autonomy. This is not to say you can't have any rules or boundaries. You actually but should you have really, none. <laughs> but you really need to analyze why are these in place and is this coming from a place of fear or a place of like practicality? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know, um, things that are based around like making sure kids are always picked up from school that feels yeah. like. Or like, you know, STI testing. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is coming from a place of just being safe and practical. Yeah, agree. But if you're like, hey, my partner has to call me by 9 p.m. every night the fuck and you gotta be careful because a lot of times people are like well that's just why i know you're not dead it's like uh, <laughs> would they call you if they were out with anyone else yeah if it was just gonna, what if it was yes may you're in a codependent situation that is oh that's gnarly i don't like that mm-hmm. i don't like curfew I, I just feel like once you become an adult you should be able to be trustworthy and trusted with freedom yeah and autonomy. what the fuck i want so you shouldn't have to like well if you don't call i don't know what's happened to you are you dead yeah it's like wow i mean you know you could get into a car accident and die you do you have them check in when they get to work Yes. Hello, I arrived. Jay calls you. He's like, is April yeah. there? Yeah. Hey, hi. Can you give me April, please? And I'm like, well, she's not on her desk right now. Can I take a message? <laughs> then you hang up. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just click. <laughs> um, uh, do we have, I mean, I think we've been sprinkling throughout experiences that we've had. Are we forgetting any other experiences? I'm trying to think. I mean, my main one is my family and then codependency and my relationship with Jay. Mm-hmm. Um, Moving out of it. Moving out of it. You can move out of it. And moving out of it doesn't mean relationships have to end. That's true. They can survive moving out of it. But it's going to be painful. Like, there's no version of moving out of codependency that's not painful. No. Hate to fucking break it to you. No. Yeah. You're breaking an addiction. You're breaking an addiction. You're breaking, uh, and just like an addiction, that's your comfort. That's what you rely on. Things like that. Um, I would say... I had a friendship that was severely codependent that I didn't really realize for like from age like 13 to 20. I know we were friends for a really long time. Um, We talked every single day. We always checked in at least. Um, And it was very much like a system of like, if I'm not 
available online, then I am slighting the person. Like, I can't have, like, a Does even saying that now just make you want to vomit? Well, it's hard for me because I, I, you know, this, this memory comes up a lot every time I think about, like, my messaging issues where I'm, like... I don't know, I just don't message. I don't know, mm-hmm, I just don't reply. Mm-hmm. What's well, cuz like I I mean, if I'm guessing and just, you know, reviewing it, it's really like, well, I'd rather not be online so there's no sense of me being available yeah. so that I don't ruin this idea of like I'm available. Like it's it like does, a pressure cooker it, situation. It, it is a ticking time bomb. Hey, if I'm just not online today, then I just wasn't available. Yeah. You know? Uh, but if I am online and I'm not talking, oh, there's a problem that I have to answer for it. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, and to our credit, we were both in, like, codependent families, and we were yeah. just, like, acting what we saw. Didn't know any better. You know? Yeah. You know? So that that's where it's also hard to, like, be mad at that person or the situation, because I'm just like, we, yo, we were just doing what kids do. You've gotten better about parents. messaging, though. I hope I have gotten. Thank You've you. Gotten Thanks so much. I'm trying. I'm like... Got a lot of unread messages like hit me up at night. Right now? Yeah. I, was, I, okay. I, turned them all, I turned off messaging during turn. <laughs> I was like, if, it's, if you don't work with me, then I really don't need to hear <laughs> no, from you. I'm sorry. I've, I've alerted everybody else that I'm not a bit. <laughs> I don't know. Um, last but not least. Last but not least. Do we have any advice for those in codependent relationships seeking to get out of them or shift out of that dynamic? Well, I think your big, your first one is. Yeah, I would say start reading about it. Yeah. That's my, that is honestly my, yeah. my advice. Codependent No More, I thought was a pretty solid book. There were a few things here or there that I didn't necessarily agree with or didn't feel like a, yeah. pl- it is a slightly older book, but I think overall it it's older. a good start. I appreciate it because of the beginning, which it may even seem a little bit annoying to some, but like the beginning of that book is a lot of examples of codependent dynamics. Yeah. It's just, here's a person who does this, here's their partner, here's how it plays out. Here's another person, they do yeah. this and here, blah, blah, blah. I love, I mean, I know you've recently got more, in, more into Glennon Doyle. I've loved her for a long, like her books are great. Yes. Um, I love their, her most recent book, which goes through the process of her going through her divorce and mm-hmm. figuring out her sexuality. I think it's a huge, yeah. love that book. Um, oh, frick. What was it called? It wasn't called We Can Do Hard Things. That's her podcast. No, that's her podcast. It um, was we... I can look real fast. Oh, does that not stop the recording there? No. Mm-mm. Okay, let me see. Let me see if I know it. Untamed. Yes. So... That's another good book, I think, if you're looking to get some inspiration or just hear other people that have done it. Yeah. Because um, she flipped her life upside down. Yes. Yeah. While with children, mm-hmm. while being married, while having a career as a writer. She yeah. was still a public figure at that time, I think. I think therapy. Yeah. I would find a therapist who can help you walk through uninviting codependency. Yeah. Um, and, and use that as a hot word. Like, hey, I think I might be codependent. Can we unpack that Yeah. Here? Um, we used to joke about having a overfunctioner chip that we would take away from each other when yeah. we overfunctioned. Yeah, maybe like give me your give chip. Your chip. Um, there are times that we're like, we're gonna overfunction, just take my damn chip. Yeah, <laughs> ah, I thought you and I go it. do it. <laughs> um, I think just having that support system and just honestly knowing this is going to be fucking uncomfortable. Yeah, it's gonna be super uncomfortable because, like, the second point I have here is that, like, once you recognize that you're in a codependent relationship. It will feel better to try to point out how your partner is guilty of it. Yeah. But truly, you are going to uncover that you are guilty of these things too. Just because the te- the title is caretaker or giver doesn't make it a good position yeah. to be in. Because you are an enabler and like you're making somebody rely on you to their detriment. Like mm-hmm. they can't live without you. That's. I think one of the most physical, like if you're looking for examples of it, is probably the... Um, 
people who are on like my thousand pound life or where you see these people who have gained extreme weight cannot get out of bed and yet their partners are still ordering them food and bringing them 10 pizzas a day and like I think that's a classic case of codependency yeah if you want to see a physical manifestation of it yeah yeah I'm not knocking anyone who has gained that much I'm not knocking anyone or trying to talk down to anyone but that is a if you want to say a physical manifestation I mean yeah a classic example of somebody who's hurting themselves and somebody who's basically assisting and continuing to hurt them yeah so um Um, the last thing which I think you kind of already touched on which is just let some friends know that what you're doing let some trusted friends know like a therapist is a trusted professional um let some people who aren't I mean like you know if I was trying to work on this while I was still enmeshed with my family I wouldn't try to be like hi guys I think we're all codependent and I think I'm gonna try and break that down no no they wouldn't hear it yeah no no my family wouldn't hear it either I've tried to tell them that we're like they're glommed and everything and it doesn't matter well the things that you say to your family that don't talk about how great they are aren't really heard right (laughs) unless you're blackmailing me apparently oh in tonight's episode of freaks things and geeks (laughs) you're talking about blackmail hey is this some drama going on here i'm ready to talk about it tune back in at 10 p.m hey people (laughs) there's no problem please don't wait um yeah yeah. is there anything else that's all my things hey thank you guys so much for listening to this codependency hey did you feel like you might be codependent hey that's okay you probably are you probably are there's a lot of things stacked against you, you know, we're in a society that kind of that. 80% you know? of the population has some codependency things, so yeah. you're probably not special. Yeah. Neither are we. Both. Mm-hmm. Both so working guilty. through I'm codependency. Still, yeah, I'm still working it out. Yeah. I'm working it I think out. that'll be a lifelong thing for me. Yeah, it'll I mean, get easier, easier but I think... that about you, I'm probably... <laughs> 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 Oh, God, yeah. So you call Marilyn right now, you're like, um... I'm just going to work on it way harder. <laughs> hey, can someone, like, five more people date me so I can really, like... Yeah, it gets easier, but it's something that I... It's so ingrained in me now that I have to... It's a constant struggle. Here's the thing about it being ingrained in you is that you still have the same emotional responses as you would have. Yeah. Someone taking things away from you. Like, it's hard to be like, wow, that's making me feel like... I had this experience happen recently with a person not being available for my call. And it's so, like, in hindsight, I was embarrassed, you know, obviously. But in the moment, I'm like, this is a clear indicator that I'm not important to you. This is a clear indicator that you really aren't taking this seriously. Uh, I've messed up somewhere that you think that this is not a, you know, like, it really was like a, okay, maybe we should. Hey, how about you never respond to my calls then? Since that feels, you know, like, that was my knee-jerk reaction. And, like, I almost, sometimes I do wish my ex watched the show because I'd be like, yeah, I remember when I did that. I'm so sorry. Like, the whole, like, (laughs) the missing a call thing and be, oh, no. I was like, that's fine if you don't want to talk. I also didn't want to talk for 24 hours. (laughs) You're in timeout. But... And it's like, I can trace back to where that was, like, mimicked in my, like, my mom's thing where she used to be like, why do I even pay for phones? (laughs) Why do I pay for food? One missed call on my mother. Why do I pay for phones? <laughs> Why do I fucking you pay? miss one meal, you stop eating forever. Yeah. Oh, well, it seems that you didn't want to eat ever. So I figured, let's save money. And now buy food anymore. And you're going to starve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a lot of that, huh? I, I got to tell you, where does it start feeling good? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I mean, there will be times where it's like, you know, you can breathe. We go, oh, okay. You know. Yeah. The beginning's harder. It gets better. It, it gets does, better. It does get better. It gets better. It's, it's, it truly is really helpful to have, like, people who agree and support this, you know? Yeah. It would be hard if you're tr- telling another codependent friend where you're like, I need you to point these things out about me, and they're like, those are things I do regularly, and I don't see anything wrong with, you know? <laughs> I so, don't like it. <laughs> that would be hard, yeah. Um, and as a, another former overfunctioner, I also have to allow space for her to work through that stuff. So, 
she actually did share the phone story with me and I just had to, I, I don't think I said anything about it. I just kind of went. Well, I didn't call you during. That would have been my biggest mistake. <laughs> right. That would have been the biggest call out. Yeah. It's a little bit like that becomes the way that I know that it's like a ghost of codependency past where I'm like, what I call, you know, right? First, my therapist saying, should we call 911? Is this something that you could explain to a 911 dispatcher yeah. and have, you know? Number two, would I call April? That's another thing I do. I feel like it's emergency. And I'm like, no. No, no. Because if April misses my call, I'll fight her. <laughs> no more food. <laughs> I don't know. Well, well you didn't no want to hear from me, so I guess I don't have a job. Uh, but yeah, that's yeah. great. So yeah. I feel like since you guys are watching me, you think I'm so good at all these things. Probably. Maybe you don't. <laughs> but no, I'm still kind of struggling. I, yeah, and I think we should be talking about it because it also kind of creates a space of like, hey, there's other people who are doing this. It's not just like, so for me, there are things that felt like a phenomenal failure of like, now I should be dead. <laughs> I handle failure so well. <laughs> She's definitely not a cancer. I definitely not. Oh, God. <laughs> the, tell me you didn't grow up with healthy uh, coping mechanisms. Right. So when you failed without telling me, I'll start. Yeah, literally. <laughs> it looks like I'll never be perfect. Let's die. <laughs> and death. <laughs> What's the point if I can't be perfect? <laughs> anyway. Not dramatic at all. In uh, scene. What? <laughs> You'd have been great in, like, a Shakespeare play. Some, everybody, just at the most recent month, someone was like, were you in theater as a high schooler? I was like, no, more than one semester. (laughs) Mm -mm, Why would you ask? Oh, just a half semester. I really want to know who asked you that now. Okay. I'll I'll tell you you after. I'll I'll ask off screen. Well, I guess if you're watching, this person came as, like, a friend with someone else, so I don't know if you're watching the podcast. I don't know if I met them. Well, I'm talking about you, and you don't even know. (laughs) Did I meet this person? No, but they apparently aren't on social media, because I was like, I enjoyed that conversation. I'd like to add this person. Okay, I'm safe. But then I was like, no. I don't think you do, but if you, but we were, we were like, we had a good talking chemistry. Yeah, I know. I felt like we took over the table. Kept trying to rope other people in, because I was like, this feels very here, and I'm trying, I'm at an event. Bring them in. Come on, everybody. We're funny. On that note... Go like our Facebook page. It's where we post our munches first Friday of every month. And memes. And memes and Just different fun stuff. learning opportunities, education mm. stuff, yes. question of the day, blah, 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 blah selfies. Um, and go like our Instagram page. Please. Go follow us on YouTube. Please and Subscribe. thank you. Give us a five-star review on only. Apple Podcast only. If you do anything less, I will just um, toy if, you. If you. If you do any less than five stars, you're anti-kink. And you're anti-nomonogamy. And you hate us. And you hate yourself. You hate CJ, she'll cry. I will cry, but I didn't cry over the last one because I know who they were. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I won't waste a single tear. <laughs> on that. No. That. <laughs> so, yeah. I think other than that, we're good? We're good. We're Gucci, as Boom. the children say. And with that, goodbye. Out. <laughs>